Welcome to the Youth Pastors Are Pastors 2 podcast. Recorded in Central Texas. Broadcasting to the world. Join your hosts and their weekly guests for insight, advice, guidance, and ideas to help your ministry flourish and help you take care of yourself. Now, with a combined 35 years of ministry experience, your hosts, Jacob Taylor and Jeremy Hellums. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 13. Uh, A different episode this week. There is no hotline. There's no guest. You just got us two. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, you can see our ugly faces. Uh, If you don't know the voices, my name is Jacob, uh, and my co-host is Jeremy. Jeremy, what's up? Hey, hey, how are you? How's everybody doing? Hope y'all doing well. And for those of you in Central Texas, I hope you guys got on a, on a piece of dry land, for goodness gracious. Dude, that uh, rain, the rain for the last month has been no joke. Yeah, it really has been. Or even today, like, uh, spoiler alert, I guess it's not really a spoiler alert, it is actually Thursday. Uh, typically, we record on Wednesdays, but uh, things didn't line up that way yesterday, and it's Thursday evening, and we are recording, so we can hopefully have this out on by Friday instead of Thursday morning. So, but yeah, today it started. It it started out looking like it was going to be a decent day, but I knew there was a rain chance. But I also thought it was at night, not uh, ten o'clock in the morning from until <laughs> t- ten minutes ago. So it, it probably rained twelve hours straight. Yeah, it rained all day long. And I was in it. I was in it all day. Uh, My socks and boots got wet. My shirts got wet. Uh, Luckily for me, one of the coolest things I got as a wedding gift was a boot dryer. So I can stick my boots on there and they can basically blow dry uh, for tomorrow. So uh, how was... to go huh yeah uh it's actually a life changer yeah if you work out in the weather and you you always complain about your boots being wet i highly recommend it it's on amazon so jeremy how's your week been i know your wife got her cast Uh, off and she had a hairy leg (laughs) and she did she got her cast off and the doctor like gave her this glowing review, like your bone has healed so well. And we got to see a picture of it and it's kind of cool. It, it actually heals like, like the cuts on like the top of her, like the bottom of her foot. Right. But it heals mm-hmm. down. Right. And so it doesn't look like it's like it's healing, but it, it is. And uh, so she was so excited to get such a good report. Um, she's not in that, that clunky cast anymore. Did you know that if you hit somebody with your cast, it's actually assault with a deadly weapon? How did you find that out? Uh, I think, I think a law, a law enforcement officer told me that. Like either that, no, or maybe it was a doctor, somebody official. I mean, it wasn't just like a, like a Google thing or Wikipedia. It was like official. Was this like recently, like your wife, may have assaulted somebody <laughs> no 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 it was just almost like a disclaimer like hey i'm putting this oh. cast on. it was it was the guy who put the cast on he was like hey by the way if you hit somebody with this it's like assault with like a weapon man 
And uh, <laughs> supposedly some NFL players have gotten in trouble for using their, you know, forearm cast to, you know, knock some quarterbacks or some linemen around. I don't know. Anyways, I mean, which is funny because last night I watched the Miles Garrett video. From, oh, you watched Miles 2017 Garrett? 2017 or 2018? Uh, it had to be 18, uh, I yeah, believe. Well, maybe 19, even. I think it was 20. Well, he was banned. No, he was banned for the 2019 season. So he was. Yeah, he was uh, suspended the rest of the season. Yeah. And then a little bit into the. Yeah. Did you know? Like, so I, I don't know why I was. I think, I think he's, he's really hot right now, I think. And they're really excited about him coming up this 2021, 2022 season. And, uh, and I've, I, man, he was at, he was amazing in A&M. And like he went to Cleveland Browns and he was amazing. And, uh, so I loosely followed him, and so I saw that, and so I was like, "Man, I remember that." I want to. I looked it up on YouTube. Did you know before you can actually watch that video, you have to consent to the disturbing images that are, that are about to be displayed in that? Really? And there was only like four seconds left in that game. There was four yeah, seconds. It's it definitely the end of the game, but <sighs> I, I mean, I'm a huge Miles Garrett. Was <laughs> I was like, I'm a huge because because he did come come from a And M. And I, it was he's yeah. exciting to watch at A and M, and I had high hopes for him in the NFL. I mean, he's kind of delivered on that, but the guy that pulled that guy's helmet off and then hit him with it—that's not the Miles Garrett I know. Uh, obviously, I don't know Miles Garrett uh, personally, but you know, but yeah. Well, you know, he came out and said, "Look, that wasn't me. You know, that came from a place that was an angry. You know, and obviously, yeah. he apologized and." Yeah, you know, uh, the guy should be playing football. I mean, obviously he's yeah, he's very a, good at, at uh, what he does. Heat in the moment. Uh, hey, forgiveness. Yeah. That's what we're taught to do. So, yeah. Well, if he if he sacked me, let's just say I wouldn't probably get up for like a week. No, he's a and monster. Maybe. <laughs> I I don't know if I would ever get back up. So. <laughs> well, all to say, you know, I've had a great week. Uh, I looked up Miles Garrett's video. Uh, my wife's uh, a whole lot better than she was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's good. All is well. Yeah, and we're out of a drought. We're out of the drought. So I think we'll be out for a while. That's really exciting. Yeah. So yeah. what about you, Jacob? How's, how's your week been? Well, it's been a busy week. I'm preparing for Senior Sunday uh, this coming up Sunday. Uh, I'm preaching. Uh for the, the senior pastors taking vacation this week. So we are stepping in and we took over and uh, doing things a little bit different Sunday morning, more youth uh, focused, I guess, if that's the way you say it. Uh, so I've been focusing on, I guess, finishing up a sermon. Uh, it's written. I had the outlines and all that stuff, but, uh, you know, just finishing touches and tightening it it up and being prepared because uh, everything's live streamed now and I don't want people to go back and read the comments and people talking bad about me and uh, I did go fishing this past Saturday on Lake Somerville uh, great success uh, I actually ate some of that fish for dinner tonight uh, so it was it was good but didn't uh, it rain on Saturday though I mean what what did, were y'all out in the storm or what it rained Friday night into Saturday morning, but when we went out, it was the sun was coming out. Well, it was cloudy until about mm, eleven, and then 
the sun came out and the sun just destroyed my legs. It destroyed my, my hands. I wear, obviously if you've been watching on YouTube, I wear the same, not the same, uh, Magellan shirt, but I have a lot of Magellan long sleeve shirts that are made for fishing. I just wear them every day. Uh, I think what I, I sent you a picture earlier today and I said, yeah, I have this, like, I'm not lying when I say this is all I have. Uh, so, but I had one of them on and it, it just, the hands got burned. My legs got burned, but we got into the, the, uh, the hybrids and, uh, some, um, what do we, we caught a catfish, got some white bass and, uh, some crappie. Yeah, we caught, I caught one crappie, one size that I could keep crappie. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about next time going, when I go back, just fishing for crappie, just, just to get enough to make a meal out of, because one crappie's not, that's like a, a one bite type thing. So yeah, so it's been a good week just getting ready for that and uh, real time consuming, real, uh, trying to get ready, make, make sure everything's right. And you really want to, uh, show light to this, the seniors that are graduating. And especially after the, you know, if you think about it, the class of 2021, not only did they have a, uh, their, the COVID affect their senior year, it also affected their junior year. So their last two years of things that they've been looking forward to in their whole like school career was kind of put a damper on by COVID and, so trying to make that whole special and uh, trying to recognize the 2020 class too because of they weren't we didn't really have uh, we couldn't do anything in person last year and uh, so yeah so and you got you got a couple students that graduated 2020 mm-hmm. 2020 coming 2020. back right I, I was so. uh, for a second I was like 2022 no no 2020 yeah 2020 uh, we hope I hope so I talked to them. Uh, yesterday and they were on board and uh, they're gonna try to work their schedule to make it and all that stuff and then uh, I got two more graduating in 2021 and uh, I know they'll be there so uh, anyways so yeah that's hope for the best for that one so uh, I guess that that brings us to our topic of when I mentioned uh, real time-consuming trying to prepare is uh, the the by vocational pastors. Uh, I think it, I think uh, according to the 2015 faith community today survey, uh, fewer than two thirds, that's 62.2% of U S churches have a full-time pastor. And that's down from 71.4% in 2010. And that means that that's a lot of, pastors or youth pastors or ministerial people that are not full-time and I mean 62 percent have full-time that's fewer fewer than two-thirds that's a I mean that I did I mean, that's that's mind-blowing uh and I, I I think when we we discuss this topic who the best who's the best two to dis- discuss bivocational ministry than two guys that are doing bivocational ministry, whether it's the youth ministry or the sound tech, or, uh, even if you get back into ministry, it, it, it's quite possible you'll be bivocational, uh, doing that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and and so so today on the Morgan Adair Hotline is <laughs> Jacob Taylor and Jeremy Hellums, right? The Morgan Adair Hotline. He is not there my vocational. He's full time. No, uh, no. So no, you know, and I've been bivocational. I've been full time, mm-hmm. um, several several different times. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and and you the same. You know, you were full time a little bit. Um, but, but now you're bivocational and, and as I think about it, you know, I know, you know, I can name at least four people that are bivocational, uh, at least I, I, there's more, but, uh, you know, a guy in Lano that I know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think your brother-in-law, right? Yeah. He's bivocational. Uh, I don't even know if you can consider him bivocational other than his is more volunteer. Um, mm. I mean, I guess you still can mm. call that bivocational, but he it's, he just does it. He doesn't get paid for it. He just does it. So, and that's a that's a special yeah, different breed yeah. uh, to put time in it, knowing. Mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that goes back to volunteers to in your churches too. I mean, and that's mm. that's a whole different subject that we will get to eventually. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I was reading a survey uh, about bivocational pastors, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they they listed off uh, many different reasons, and some actually choose to be bivocational um, for several different reasons. I'm not going to list them all, but you know, <laughs> part of it is it allows more money to go directly back into the ministry there at the local church. Um, it also helps keep the pastor in touch with unchurched and like real world needs. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, some, some, some are apparently just like committed to that example because, uh, it's what like the priesthood of the believer looks like. Right. And yeah. scripture talks about, you know, just because you're the pastor, I'm the pastor. Uh, that doesn't mean that the folks in the church can't go out and tell people about Jesus. Right. Yeah. Uh, because they can't. Right. I know, (laughs) you know, these smaller churches, especially around uh, the small town country, uh, a a lot of them are bivocational. The youth pastor that I uh, was, I was friends with before he stepped down to pursue his career in, he, he was bivocational. And I, one day I said, uh, we went, we, we still go to the same camp, FBC Elgin, uh, and I asked him, I was like, hey, do you want to do this full time or, or are you choosing to do bivocational? He was like, I, I'm doing bivocational because I have a call to the ministry, but I also have a call to be a, a, a teacher. So he was, he was uh, working on get, getting his way into uh, being a teacher. Uh, actually, I think he's a special ed teacher. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I think last time I heard he, uh, he was a the middle school football coach for Elgin now. So, uh, yeah. So people do decide that, Hey, I can do both. And, uh, I, I, and sometimes, uh, churches don't have the choice. And I know you talked about people make the choice of where the money can go back into the church, the community, the church and their ministries there and stuff. And that's a big thing is that, these smaller churches. I know my church personally that we run a hundred average on Sunday. We don't have the funds for me to be full time. And 
as much as I would love to be full time, it's not, it's not where my cards lay. That's not where God has called us to yet. And if he does, then I'll take it. But, uh, our heart is in Cedar Valley. And, uh, if it was to put strain on the church itself for me to do go for me to go full time, I would have a hard time accepting that because our youth ministry is not the only thing at our church. You still got children's ministry. You still got the, the wings, ladies, the, the men's, uh, stuff. And, uh, just, I would feel terrible if they decided to pay me full time and then something suffered for, for it. Uh, right. So. Right. Right. Well, do you, uh, do you think, uh, I mean, we've already talked about all these amazing stats, but do you think being a, a bivocational pastor works and, and it's effective? Oh yeah. I, it's your heart really. Uh, it, it, it's where your heart is with your students. And, uh, just because you, you work during the day or you know, it depends on your job really. Uh, like I work eight to, well, six i start early in the morning and i sometimes have to work late till in the night and or i have short days where it's like i show up at 6 30 and i'm off by noon like it just varies but uh that's i mean that's i still make an effort after i get off work my secular job to to put into ministry and uh it, and if, that's, really, if that's getting ready to teach or if it's going mm-hmm. to a, a play or a sports game, you know, I know that you do all those things to connect with your students. Yeah, you. It's it could be real easy to be like, okay, I'm bivocational and I'm only working on Wednesday and Sunday. And uh, and I and I don't think that's going to be effective if that's your your mindset. If if you're not putting in the extra work uh, like the plays, like the. The, the football games or the just go see cheerleading. Uh, I went to a cross country meet for the first time uh, this year. Uh, had no idea what was going on because at one point cross country people just disappear. And you're just like, <laughs> I don't know what, where they're at. And you're just kind of like, mm, what's going on? But it, the students uh, respond to that. And uh, then their friends see that. Uh, the friends that they bring occasionally to church, they see, oh, he was there or she was there. Or, uh, it, if it's, it, it's where your heart is, is if you are dedicated to the calling, then you will be effective and God's not going to put you in a position to where you can't be effective and, and just kind of leave you out to dry. That's, that's not the, that's not our calling. That's not the God's not going to leave you behind just because you have a full-time job and, or a part-time, another part-time job. So yeah, it's definitely effective as long as you put your heart and your, you follow your calling into uh, loving on the students and uh, focusing on preparing for Wednesdays and Sundays and not, Oh, it's five 30 and I have church at six 30. I need to, I need to pull a lesson out and be like, mm, or, I need to plan this quick game or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it can be effective. And then you, you just have to have the right mindset and the heart to do it and, uh, understand that sometimes churches just can't pay you full time and, uh, your heart shouldn't change no matter if you're full time or part time, you still have the same calling. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember accepting a, 
bivocational position. In fact, I didn't know it was going to be bivocational when I accepted it, but I knew it was going to be like this part time mm-hmm. and that Carrie was going to get a job. And then it turned into bivocational for me because I got offered a, a side job, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I did that and, and you're right. It's, it's all about that, that focusing on your calling, right. And yeah. focusing on serving the serving where God has called you and serving serving with your, your, your whole heart. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I even think like to the certain extent that you're about vocational. Okay, cool. You get a chance to be out in the community and, and talk to people, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, at the home Depot or the Lowe's or, you know, just where, wherever you, it, your job puts you, even your coworkers, right? If you have coworkers yeah. in your bivocational position, you have an opportunity to be the light of Jesus right there wherever you are. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, to me, that's one of the glowing perks of being bivocational. You get to do, it's like, I don't want to say it's like more ministry, but you get to be like, like you you're there. Opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the right, but it's a better way to put it. And, yeah. and I, I think that's, I love that part of it. Yeah. I remember when I first, one of the first, so the, how, it's kind of hard that like how I got into the position at the church is when I took the position at Cedar Valley, I was actually unemployed. Uh, I had just got laid off and uh, I was like, I, I, my calling's full-time ministry and uh, God opened this opportunity for me at Cedar Valley and it just, it wasn't full-time but I was going to make it work. Well, financially it, it, it just didn't. So I knew I had to find a job that paid the bills, but also didn't take away from, uh, the church. Mm-hmm. And, and so I took this, uh, maintenance, like a plumber's maintenance job for the school district thinking, Oh, this is going to be an opportunity for me to interact with the students while I work and get them into church. Well, that was a, it didn't work. I was able to uh, talk to my coworkers about church and all that stuff, but there's something about the maintenance guy talking to students uh, that was kind of frowned upon. So, uh, yeah, it, it just didn't work out. And I had the mindset, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring all these kids." And as I'm up fixing the toilet, it's like, "Hey, hey, kid, you want to learn about Jesus?" As I plunge a toilet, <laughs> like I'll be at church later tonight, and. It, it was, I think the, the, the idea of it was great. It just didn't work out that way. But, uh, I think, I think if you find the right job to where you can balance ministry and the job, uh, to where you can actually intertwine each other, then I think it's, it works perfect. The job I have now, I get the opportunity to, uh, tell people where I work and what I do. Um, in fact, I come across people, I came across one this guy that actually built the church that I, that we, I work at. And uh, oh, that's cool. he asked me about it and he was like, I, I didn't, I did all the, the doors. There's a bunch of metal doors that go right through the middle. He's like, yeah, I was that guy. And he's asking about what's the building look like now. And I was able to explain it. And he turned out to be friends with the, this couple that lived behind him that do go to my church. And uh, they're always asking about oh, yeah. Bob, Bob and Linda, like, have you talked to him lately? I'm like, no, I haven't, but you know, but 
uh, and that's the opportunity of the position I'm in is I do get to tell people, Hey, I work at Cedar Valley or, uh, you should come out. And some people have mm-hmm. come out or checked us out online and, mm-hmm. uh, people that were former members of the church that have either got, you know, a little too old to travel to the church or, um, moved on to another church. And they're like, Hey, how's, you know, dub die. Like, they're like, oh, he's dubbed die, still dubbed die, and you get to have those conversations, and uh, that leads to, you might, you may not be telling people about Jesus, but that's still part of your ministry, and yeah, uh, that's the great position I'm in is I still get to, I'm, I'm still a youth minister in my secular job to be able to, and I get to tell people about Cedar Valley and uh, how yeah. much we're growing, and to be like, hey, you can actually check us out online now, so. Yeah, that's good stuff. You know, Dub and I, we used to be friends. <laughs> he tells me that every Sunday. He's like, you know, we used to be friends. and Or he'd be like, hey, do you want to hear about my trip? And it's all about his trip from his house to the church. And like, <laughs> Dub died. Like, you live literally four minutes down the road. How are you going to tell us about your trip? He's like, I, I had to get gas this time. Or uh, I picked up the donuts this Sunday. Like, so... He is uh, so funny. Is I don't funny. know why. Uh, he, he told me one time, he was cutting a tree one time. And he was chainsawing, and all of a sudden, something jumped out of the tree, and uh, it was a like a, a raccoon den. It was a hollowed out <laughs> tree, and not only did one of them jump out, it was like three or four of them, and he was just like, oh, but, you know, he didn't, they just ran off, and <laughs> they, they, they were spooked by that chainsaw, you know? He's a, he's a hoot, and he's always, he's always telling me weird stories, like, from oh. his childhood, and. Yeah, but he's a, he's one imagine. of the good ones. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so so you sort of hinted at it already, but but how do you make it work then? You have to how do I you have to draw a line because it is it is a basically you have to juggle a thousand different things between uh, you know your job like there's days like I said that I work till six thirty or seven but I have a sermon to get ready for. Uh, I mean, there's nothing I can do about eight, the, the getting off late and it's just the way of the company, but I also have to come home and take care of my wife or, uh, spend time with my dog that, that, that needs, you know, she's, she needs the love. Like, uh, so does my wife, but you know, my dog comes first. Uh, uh, just kidding. Oh, well, she'll probably, she'll probably agree with that anyways, but, uh, you have to, you definitely have to draw a line knowing, okay, my wife needs the attention or my family needs that, that time. Um, like last night when I, uh, my wife was having a, a, a rough day, uh, just, just one of those days. And, uh, instead of coming home straight from church and being like, Hey, I need to do this. Like, like I need, I needed to stop and work on my, like write a bullet point for my sermon that I had thought of when I was driving and I was like, Oh, I need to write that down. I do it all the time. And, uh, instead of doing that, I just like, okay, let, let me take care of her. Let, let's let, let me spend the time with her. Let me put the dog in the bed with her. Like, you know, you have to draw the line. And then I was up till two or three o'clock working on the sermon and I can do that. I, I can stay up all night long and be okay in the morning. And that's just, uh, I, I guess I don't know if that comes from the past work I used to do or uh, uh, the 
did like youth ministry or the camp life that I used to have to live or even the, the welding career I had. I don't, I don't know why, but I can stay up till two, three o'clock and be up at six o'clock and I'll be okay. Uh, so I, I, I was up like, up like that. And, um, or when it comes to like the week of D now, uh, well, you, you don't really have a choice to be able to stop and say, Hey, Amanda, I need to, uh, I need to, I need, yeah, she, 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 and I, it has to go back to the way your, your family, your family is part of this ministry too. And they, sometimes they have to understand that Thursday night leading up to Dean now, you're going to be busy that night. You, you have to make your final, like, cause you don't want to show up Friday and be like, Oh, I haven't done this or this or this Thursdays are your, like your checkoff list. And when you get home from work, you're like, boom, I got to do check, just double check everything. And, and she understands that. So there's a, there's a line of, Hey, I, this can wait or Hey, this can't wait. And the, and your family and your, your wife or your whatever can will understand. Cause the, like I said, they're part of the ministry too. So it's there. You're not really alone in that. Um, and then if we, we consider what we talked about last week with Jared, uh, is, is you, you take that time off, you take, you stop and be like, okay, you line out someone else to fill in for you or you, uh, I like Sunday, Sunday morning, Amanda, uh, my wife is teaching Sunday school. Cause obviously yeah, cause I'm preaching. Uh, that's a lot for one person to do. If I was to teach Sunday school, then turn around and preach, uh, uh, the service. So you, you you find people to fill in so you can either take the time off or uh, take the load off. Uh, something I, I struggle with personally is uh, uh, giving or asking for help and then giving some people tasks to do because I, I'm a perfectionist in, in anything I do. I want, I, I have a trouble letting go of control of that. And uh, something I've learned as I, uh, our relationship, but my relationship with Amanda has progressed is that I have to trust her with certain things and I have to turn over different tasks to her to make this easier and to make our relationship work better. So we, we, we aren't not seeing each other for three weeks leading up to like disciple now or leading up to camp or, you know, these big events or, uh, where I'm not teaching every week, like le- pr- uh, preparing for Wednesdays or Sundays where maybe sometimes she'll fill in or uh, like summertime. Obviously things change in the summertime. We'll take like two weeks off to where it's, I don't even have to worry about planning uh, for a lesson on Wednesday night or whatever. So it really comes down to drawing a line to where, Hey, so this is happening. I need to do this or I need to do this they need to understand, Hey, we, we are doing, I have, I have to finish this or I have to check these things off the list. So it's, it's really a balancing act between everybody and not just yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, totally agree. Uh, Balance is the key. How do you balance? Let me, I know you're asking the questions, but let me ask you, how do you balance? Cause, (laughs) cause I think a lot of people won't, I mean, most people won't know, you have a, a day job, mm-hmm. then you have your like a side job for with Ronald, your father in law. Yeah. And then you have your sound job with Hyde Park. Like 
that's three different jobs. Plus you have two kids. One's diabetic yeah. that always needs your attention. Uh, yeah. And then you have a, a wife that's in a boot now. So, <laughs> but it, and I think it's just, it's just, it is trying to juggle. It is trying to balance. And, and then I think first and foremost is not, not forsaking that study time and that whether that's just pulling the Bible out and reading it or, or getting a reading plan or just trying to spend time reading and, and then whether that's in the morning, whether it's at lunchtime, whether it's, you know, just being fresh in God's word, you know, it's, I think it's cliche, you know, who should always read the Bible, uh, you know, in the morning, you just read it, you know, carve time out and just do it. And so I think doing that, is first and foremost, and and just spending a little time in prayer, some some talking to God, and and whether that's you know driving somewhere or, or carved out, you know that's what I kind of do, um, and then just dedicating that time to, you know, to the different areas, and yeah. so yeah, you're right from a mental perspective, um, it's it's almost like knowing when to think about the things you need to think about. Does that yeah. make sense? Because yeah. like. I, I know that Sunday morning is going to look like X, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there is prep in it, but I know that I can do it at a certain time. And I know that I can do it at a certain uh, certain time. And, and then I show up and I do my thing and then make it happen, right? Yeah. And and then even from from that perspective, if I if I could go into some detail, like, um, you know, as – as a, God's called me to be a pastor, but he's also gifted me in the area of sound and sound production. Uh, I just try to stay in my box a little bit and not try to go outside my bounds because I don't want to step on people's toes. Yeah. Right. When it comes to, uh, you know, ministering to the congregation itself. No, I really just kind of focus on the band, you know, the drummer or the guitar player or the worship leader, even the campus pastor. Right. Because yeah. I have an opportunity to, to minister to them kind of behind the scenes and so I take those opportunities while I'm doing my sound production. And if I meet, you know, some volunteers or, or some folks in the congregation, that's cool. But I'm not, that's not, my, that's not really my role, right? Because they have, they have a campus pastor. But yeah. man, I get to minister and love on those folks uh, that are like, you know, behind the scenes, if you, if you will. And then, you know, my online job, it's all online. And so it's like Zooms, it's messages, uh, but it's, but it's, you know, just still, you know, living above reproach, you know, not crossing any lines because sometimes in corporate America, you can't say certain things, but you know what, if you say you're going to pray for somebody, more than likely, nobody's really going to bat an eye and it's yeah. probably going to start a conversation too. Yeah. I'm just going to be real honest with you. Just, Hey, I'm, gonna, I'm praying for you. Yeah. I, I hadn't got fired yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, there's that. And then just being on the job, you know, whether it's running around doing errands for my father-in-law or doing some other things, getting to bless those people, getting to talk to them, getting to, you know, uh, go to uh, grandchildren's uh, funeral or, or whatever, wherever you are, you just balance your time. You spend time with your family. You don't not show them attention. Even if that means uh, texting, you know, texting your wife every 30 minutes. Hey, you doing okay? What's going on? Uh, maybe 30 minutes is excessive, but you know, Listen, I don't want my, minutes. I don't want my wife getting that out there thinking <laughs> I need to text her every 30 minutes. I, I don't even carry my phone with me all day long. 
Well, but you know, just just that attention, you know, that that they know that they're not forgotten. And uh, like today, I did something today that was a little out of the ordinary, and but I still made a point to to check in with the kids and uh, mm-hmm. you know make sure they were fed, and then you know go out of the way and make a smoothie, um, and and yeah, you know being up at two o'clock in the morning checking his blood sugar, you know you sometimes I get four hours of sleep, and you just you just keep keep going. I think going. God gives you the strength, I guess, I, although last night I fell asleep in the chair. I was sitting in the chair. I was just like, (laughs) Carrie's like, what are you doing sleeping in the chair? I'm like, (laughs) that's just your old age starting to show. That's what old men do is they fall in. My dad used to, he would uh, fall asleep in the chair and be like, dad, are you sleeping? He'd be like, no, just resting my eyes. So (laughs) next time, next time you fall in the chair, just say, I'm just resting my eyes. Just resting my eyes in the words of Elmo. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so, Love it. So, I mean, and, and go ahead. I, I think we answered two questions at one time. Is uh, well, uh, since since we wrote the questions, uh, yeah, we get to we get <laughs> we we know like we we know how to answer it beforehand. But uh, to touch on something that you said earlier is about uh, scheduling time out. Uh, for mm. to read the Bible and stuff, and uh, Jared said this last uh, last week on the episode is that uh, we spend so much time preparing t- what to say to students or the, the congregation or uh, staff members with the word that we we sometimes forget about reading for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that ever since we had that conversation. And uh, man, that's so important because yeah. We do, we, I, I catch myself all the time thinking, okay, I just read the scripture that I'm talking about in Wednesday night service for the last two hours preparing mm-hmm. how, I mean, I'm good. I, I don't need to hit, do anymore, but that wasn't for me. That was God putting the word for the students in my, in my heart to talk about. And, uh, yeah. so we have to set the separate times just just to focus on what the God, what the word's saying to us personally yeah uh, uh, so i've been really reflecting on that and trying to be more conscious about doing that and uh, and you're right that we have to make time for that and that's part of yeah. the balancing of ministry because if you're not taking if you're not feeding yourself how are you going to feed others yeah that's that's exactly right. And and to listen to episode 12, if I would have listened to episode 12, 12 years ago, maybe, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I probably would be a hundred times better than I am now. I mean, episode 12 is really good and it's very important. And I, after I listened to episode 12, at least twice, yeah. um, I picked up this book. I have this book called uh, The Emotionally Healthy Leader. Uh, a pastor out of College Station recommended it to me. And there's just this, there's a quote that just screamed out to me. And it goes back to even what Jared and, and, and we talked about last week on episode 12. Uh, basically, pastors don't get a chance to worship on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, you do, but you don't. Yeah, it's different. And so just that idea alone, you know, taking a Sabbath, God tells us to take a Sabbath mm-hmm. and, and if, and we, ha- we need to, maybe it's on Monday, maybe it's on Friday, maybe it's on Saturday, but either way, 
God tells us to rest. Yeah. And we, we have to take that rest. Um, whether it's one-on-one that go down to the coast and go fishing rest, or it's that I'm going to spend time with my family rest and, and recharge to get ready so that you aren't, uh, aren't burnt out. So you, you keep pressing on and balancing, you know, balancing all the things to, to make it happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, I mean, that's, I, it, that, that goes to everything. If, if we could give any advice on how to maintain your bivocational ministry is one, you have to spend time with God. You have to read the Bible and listen to what it's saying for you. And the next thing is Mm -hmm. you have to take the time. You have to have the Sabbath. And for me, that's hard to do because I, I work every other Saturday. Uh, Mm -hmm. so it, it's hard for me to catch that time. And especially when you have church on Sunday. So you have to be intentional on your, your Sabbath because one God tells you to, and two, if you don't, you're going to end up in a, a pretty dark place, uh, eventually yeah. be, be burned out. And, uh, the only people that suffer with that is you, your family and your ministry. Uh, cause not your congregation. One shouldn't see what you're going through. Uh, they may, and they may see it and there's nothing wrong with that, but, uh, you don't want to, uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I think that's a, I guess that's a, a topic for another day is, uh, going through, uh, a, a well, don't, time. you don't, you don't want to, I don't think, I think what you're trying to say is you don't want to be jaded towards the people mm. that are in your congregation. Yes. Is, is that what you're getting at? Yeah. And I think Jared touched on it in his, his, in the beginning of the, the conversation is, uh, when things like that happen, you don't, you're not present to that and people start to notice when you're not present and uh, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that will eventually affect your ministry and you don't want to get there. Uh, and it, even though it's tough being bivocational, you don't want to get to a point where you're so burned out that you don't, that you, you miss out on your ministry opportunities at your own church and other, other opportunities and stuff. So man, balance God's word. And knowing when to, hey, I need a weekend off, is uh, the best things I could I could give you. Yeah, because guess what, church will go on whether you're there or not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that that's one thing. I I I'm like, no, nope, church church ain't going on without me there. But uh, it 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 is, and even the live stream now is happening if i'm there or not which is you've got the people properly trained and you delegate it and boom which is a blessing in disguise because i didn't realize how much time i put into learning and piecing together all this stuff just to have live stream that mm-hmm. um, and to be able to teach somebody to do it so i could have like a sunday where i'm not worried about it uh, and yeah we actually do this month on month off type thing. So I actually get to sit in service now. And so, yeah, that's uh, good. And yeah. So delegate everything you can, if you can, <laughs> that's right. It can be your friend. It can be your friend. Oh, yeah. well, 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 Jacob, uh, 
I don't know the last time we've asked ourselves our, 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 our two questions, but do you want to share one of your crazy fun moments to, without getting thrown in jail? Well, I don't know about throwing in jail. Man, I'm trying to think. I don't even remember the stories I've told. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not going to go back and double check you, so. Oh, well, just... that'd take too much time, but uh, crazy stories. Hmm. Did I ever tell you about the food at, at Unknown Camp that I we had? You were there. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, I remember that food. I don't know if this is a crazy story, but it's just a, a unique story, I guess. Uh, I'm not, we won't say the name of the camp because it was a, it was a good place. It was a good place. Uh, good facilities, food, not, not their best, not the best. Actually, it might've been some of the worst I've ever experienced. Uh, it was so if bad. If I could that, add, if I could add, they, they used, I think liquid eggs mm. and they added picante sauce to every batch. It wasn't optional. Ugh, it gives me a heavy jeebies. It, it was liquid oh. eggs scrambled <laughs> with picante. It, uh, ugh, I it, just it, thinking it, about it. Take a moment. Do we take a moment? Ooh. Anyways, it was the food was so bad. Every meal, not just breakfast, but every meal was so bad that the the students that we took basically just stopped eating. And one, you can't let your students die while you're at camp. <laughs> Uh, no. especially, especially from starvation. Uh, so we convinced this guy Lance to go out and buy a buttload of hamburgers and bread and all the fixings to go with it. And he sat there and grilled a bunch of hamburgers, enough hamburgers. I think we, uh, ate the next, next day for like breakfast and then had some for lunch. And man, he went to town and I don't know if I've ever seen kids eat so many hamburgers in one sitting uh, than I did that night. And everybody was so fat and bloated that they were ready to go to bed, which at that time of point in camp, you're just, you want them to go to bed. So yeah, uh, it was Wednesday night. Was it? It was Wednesday night. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's not really a crazy story, but it's a, it's a story that popped in my head when you asked like, because uh, the food was so and you know i've been to other places where the food was bad but not as bad to a point where the kids weren't eating it yeah and, uh yeah because you know well, you just kind of eat enough to get by but these they weren't even touching it i don't even did they offer peanut butter and jelly do you remember dude that's i feel so like long. they did and i feel like they did and kids were eating peanut butter and jelly over the food yeah they might um, have been i that's been what eight years ago. Oh yeah, almost. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a long time ago. I I to add, not really to well, yeah, to go ahead and just kind of conclude your story to tell you how terrible the food was. Uh, on Friday morning, me and a other uh, we we ran our own camp. We had a little meeting early, and we had breakfast early. And we were sitting there eating, and the not-to-be-named camp director walked in and said, uh, well, what are you guys doing eating? And we are like, well, you know, we paid for, I think, 12 meals, and this is our 12th meal. And he said, oh, no, you didn't. And we said, yes, we did. And he went back to the back, and he said, well, it says you guys didn't pay for a 12th meal, but we'll, we'll, we'll have breakfast for you, but we might not have any eggs. And we were just like, 
<laughs> oh well. Score. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you that or not. I but, didn't know uh, that. That's funny. <laughs> oh, we we paid for twelve meals, but they he I don't know what happened. I know what happened. The person that booked us was kind of like a volunteer. Yeah, she quit in June, and then we showed up in July, and so probably just a miscommunication. Yeah. Either way, the kids didn't starve, and I think they actually had eggs. But uh, they probably had eggs, and they didn't run out because no one was eating them. <laughs> I'd rather not think about that too much. Yeah, especially it's what eleven thirty at night. Where <laughs> I'm gonna lay down in a minute, and I'm gonna be having heartburn just thinking about them eggs. So, the next question we always ask is, "What was the last song you intentionally looked up?" And the last song that I intentionally looked up was a Big Daddy Weave mm. uh, redeemed because. Um, I'm to the point where I, I don't remember who sings what and what the latest song is and, you know, the release dates and all that junk. And I sometimes don't even recognize it. I recognize David Crowder's voice. Okay. Mm-hmm. I recognize right. it. I you recognize, uh, Mark Mellard from Mercy Me. I recognize yeah. it, but, uh, you know, George Strait, Garth, you know, it's okay. Anyways, <laughs> I, I asked Siri and Siri always helps me. And so it was It was Big Daddy Weave, and it was redeemed. I was like, man, there was just so much truth in that. And so I went back and listened to it a few times over and over just because um, I, I, he's got so many good songs that are filled yeah. with, with truth. And they're for me, they're encouragement. I, I love to listen to, to Big Daddy Weave. You ever, oh, yeah. you ever seen Big Daddy Weave before? Yeah, so when I was in high school, we did I, – I, you, I don't you ever heard of World Changers? Yeah, yeah. It, it, Back then, it was put on by the Texas. On, I don't know if it was the Texas Baptist Men or the North American Mission. It had to be the North American Mission Board, uh, because it was nationwide. Well, southern wide. So uh, we went. I can't remember if it was like Birmingham or uh, it was somewhere after some some uh, some. We were putting rooftops on. So I don't. It, it was some after a hurricane or something, and it, I just know it was humid and it was. It, maybe it was hot and humid and uh, it rained every day, but we were still putting roofs on. Anyways, they would bring in con- the people to sing. So like one year when I went, it was Sean McDonald. And most people probably were like, who's Sean McDonald? Well, back in that day, he was, he was a big time. Uh, I fell in love with Sean McDonald's music from World Changers. You still love the- Sean McDonald. <laughs> I, I still put some Sean McDonald on when I'm driving. Uh, but, the first time I heard, remember going, remember going to Dripping Springs to see him in a concert. Yeah, I made the whole and youth group go with me, and I was more excited about it than and the he rest. Was, he was like from me to to like where your TV is. He was so close to us. Yeah, it was like Sean McDonald. And the kids were like, "We don't know who this guy is." And <laughs> this guy. I was like, "Who cares? You came because I I found it and uh, got to take a picture with him." And uh, he was a nice guy. We but I got to, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he hung out with us after yeah. after the show. Uh, but I saw Big Daddy Weave for the first time, and uh, World Changers was it was probably two three hundred students, but they stuck around and hung out with us after their concert and. Uh, I was, it was the same thing like Sean McDonald. I was like right there and, uh, you know, hung out with him and the band afterwards. And, 
real good 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 guys i i i was shocked to know that you know sometimes bands are just like bigger than they really like they're superstars and they don't want to hang out with you, a bunch of students but they were they were really cool uh it's always i always enjoy seeing big dudes sing and play guitar like because i'm a big dude myself and i can't sing and i play a little bit of guitar but you know those, those guys the, he's not big he's big but he's also like super tall so yeah well he used to set that guitar up on i mean he just like set it up on there and it's like he set it on his chest and it, yeah i think he's lost i think he's lost a lot of weight now though yeah i haven't seen him in a while but uh yeah i really enjoyed uh, uh learning big daddy weave i didn't i didn't never heard of him until then so uh, they've yeah, kind of blown up since, stuff. so oh man he's, yeah well, what about you? What did you? Because I, I, I got you kind of sidetracked there and talking about Big Daddy Weed. <laughs> what song did you intentionally look up this week? Well, it wasn't it wasn't a song. It was a whole album, and I, so it's a, a bunch of songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I let me adjust so I don't. I was sinking down in my seat. So if you're watching on YouTube, I was getting lower and lower. Uh, <laughs> He's shrinking. <laughs> I don't need to shrink any more than I already have. Uh, uh, Lincoln Park, a uh, huge fan of Lincoln Park. Um, all their albums, I, I from the the hybrid album to the 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 mixed one they did with Jay Z, just a fan of it all. And uh, mm-hmm. and I I will always remember this every time. I still think about it every time we go to uh, Piney Woods. Uh, that's when I found out that uh, uh, he the lead singer passed away and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just—it's heartbreaking to know that one the circumstances of his passing, and mm-hmm. and that there's probably not going to be any more Lincoln Park after this. And so, just a huge fan of him. And so, after a couple of months after his passing, they went to Amsterdam and did this concert thing called the La- one last one last night. Uh, uh, where it was the Lincoln Park minus Chester, obviously, but they would have people like from Sum Forty One or uh, Maroon Five. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, whatever his name is, <laughs> I yeah. know his name. Yeah, you know who I'm <laughs> talking about. They would come in and 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 sing Chester's part of the song, and uh, it was just a one last night of all the best Lincoln Park songs and uh they did crawling at the or it was in the end at the end of the concert and it was it was just the fans that were there singing Chester's part and uh wow. and it's just a, a live recording of it and I every once in a while I'll be like I'm gonna listen to it because it's super sad because you just know but it's also like Chester made a huge impact on not just his music, but what he was doing on the outside of his, like in a world. So mm. yeah, that was the last That's thing cool. I, it, it wasn't a song it was a whole album. And, um, uh, I just think about it now. I'm like, I might turn it on just to go to sleep. Like when I go, go to sleep later. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So I haven't fell asleep to music since like high school. My goodness, dude, the biggest thing that, uh, adjustment, really that when we when i got married was uh i used to fall asleep with the tv on 
and I still do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I could leave the TV on all night and then wake up and it would help me wake up in the morning. But mm. now because I'm married and we sleep in the same room, uh, I have to put a timer on the TV. Yeah. So shut off or it's going to wake her up in the middle of the night and she'll have to like get up. Well, used to, we, not, we didn't have a remote. So if I, I didn't set a timer, she would have to get out of bed and turn the TV on, turn the TV off. And man, that was not a good situation. So yeah, uh, waking up to a silent room is hard for me to do. So mm. interesting. Um, yeah. So if it, the TV's on and I have to wake up for say like five o'clock for, for something, uh, it's easier for me to get up with the TV on than it is if it's off. Interesting. Interesting. It's a weird thing. You made me remember. No, I mean, you made me remember in, in high school, I used to fall asleep to Apollo 13. Every night? Every night. Tom Hanks and the, and the gang, <laughs> all 13. And I, I think I set a timer on it because I didn't wake up to it. But uh, yeah, there was a streak where I, I just I fell asleep to Apollo 13 every night. When I when I was in high school, every Sunday after church, I would come home and turn NASCAR on uh, mm -hmm. after lunch, <laughs> take a nap, like fall asleep in it, and my nap would be, every, I, and I never did this on purpose, but it would be perfectly in line to see the last like 10 laps of the race. Well, so I could, that sounds I could, amazing. I could watch the beginning of the race yeah. and then wake up in time to see who wins. Sounds like so, sounds like bonus to me. Yeah. Uh, so. So well, yeah. Uh, do you have some? Do you have something special to share? Yeah. To kind of close us out here. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't been watching, or if you if you if you're a listener and you ha didn't follow Dell Mason on our, on Facebook, uh, he was our guest a couple of weeks ago. Uh, his more than a couple. Was it a couple? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it was a good episode. You should check few, it out. A few. Uh, uh, he, his town, his uh, Hamlin, he's a, the youth pastor, director at FBC Hamlin, I believe. Um, they've been suffering through all the rain. And if you, you haven't kept up and you're not in Texas, uh, in this, just, I don't know. I don't know the, the stats of other cities or whatever, but in our area alone, we've had, I not counting today, uh, almost 20 inches of rain in the last three to four weeks. And we're not, we're not built for that. We don't, we, we're used to the dry, uh, but in Hamlin, they have been drastically affected by all this rain and to the point where uh, Red Cross has to come in a uh, hundred. He doesn't have a, I talked to him yesterday. I called him yesterday and asked him, Hey, what can we do to help? And um, he told me Red Cross start, stopped counting after like 58 houses. Uh, that has to be basically gutted and redone. And he told me, he told me the story for this one couple that just makes me sick is that they just got house, uh, house insurance, but it, it wasn't for the stuff inside the house. It was, 
And so they have house insurance to be able to fix their house. But they basically, they, they won't have anything to come back to. They, and it's really sad because they said they left their stuff behind thinking that insurance would just cover it. And they had, they said they had enough time to take their stuff, but they said no insurance will cover it. And now they don't, they're because of the insurance they have, it wasn't, it had some name of it, but it was, it's, it covered the house, but they have, they won't have anything when they come back. So, uh, I talked to Dell yesterday afternoon and he got back with me today. Uh, Oh, I, I called him last night, yesterday afternoon, talked to him for a little bit. He was in the middle of tearing the house apart, just kind of get back to, uh, I'll drop my phone, to start, you know, remodeling and all that stuff. So, uh, I can't find a text message now, but. You got to get that uh, red, you got to get that wet sheet rock out there, you know, when, and while yeah. you're looking at the text message, you know, you tear that out, you draw a line and you, you rip all that out and then you got to get, get fans in there and dry it out. And then you, you sometimes, sometimes you got to treat it, you know, with bleach so mold doesn't grow. And then you got to get somebody back in there to sheet rock it. And it's just, it's a, it's a process. And so uh, it takes hands, many hands and, and the more hands, the better. But uh, did you find that text? Yeah, so uh, all he said this morning was that uh, he he doesn't have an update from when we talked yesterday, but he, he was going to be working on uh, getting information to where we can help them, mm-hmm. whether it's financially or supplies or, uh, and he said he would come up with, uh, come talk to us next week. Mm-hmm. and give us those like to give us an update on how we can help and uh, I I think I God's really laid on our hearts to help them and mm-hmm. uh, I, I t- told Jeremy earlier this afternoon it's like we have to find a way to set up something to where we can raise money for these guys and not have to pay five uh, fees and stuff yeah yeah so yeah we're still working on that so uh Maybe it's just a direct cash app or a cash app or a yeah PayPal apps well, Venmo, pay, Venmo PayPal takes like one percent or something but well uh, if you do family and friends though oh yeah that's true uh, yeah so we'll set something up uh, to to be able to send up there to help them and um, and then and that goes back to what we why we started the podcast is that we want to help people and uh, minister to uh, minister, minister to ministers really. And uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he was going to jump on this after uh, with us to talk briefly about what was going on up there. And uh, he, he just needed the night off. I can't imagine. I know what it was like during the Bastrop fires when down here, when all that happened, I can't, mm-hmm. in a small town that has 2000 houses, uh, only being affected the way it is right now so mm-hmm. uh, it so uh keep that in mind over the next week or so we'll, we'll definitely have an update next week uh where we can where we can send our help and uh donations or whatever if we if jeremy and i need to make a trip up to hamlin then we will so uh i'm not afraid to drive i love actually driving so it's uh, it's north of amarillo i think yeah, uh, so it would be a two-day trip. 
So yeah, <laughs> uh, it's good ways. It's good ways up there, but definitely be praying for them and, and listen in, tune in, get, follow us on the, on the, on the Facebook and yeah, uh, we'll, you know, we'll get put updates there and uh, you know, we have a secret Twitter. Uh, we haven't really told anybody on the podcast yet, but I just couldn't, I couldn't stand it. So I started a Twitter too. So you got to make a Twitter. So uh, tweet, you got to tweet, tweet, tweet. I don't, I do not tweet <laughs> other, other than baseball stuff. I will yeah. talk baseball with randos all day long, whether <laughs> they want to tell me that the Astros are cheaters or I tell them that Trevor Bauer is a tweet. Uh, cheater but you know that's that's here or there <laughs> well you want to do it again next week yes sir thank you for listening to the youth pastors are pastors to podcast find us rate us and review us on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify and soundcloud if you want to see our ugly faces look for us on youtube While you're at it, give us a like on Facebook. See you next week.